What's up? We want to give thanks to all of our amazing sponsors. Piper Diamonds, your hometown jeweler. Bling, bling at PiperDiamondCo.com. TheCardenasLawGroup.com, your concierge level service, which is for all your personal injury needs. And Compton Broomhead Dental at MunsterDental.com. This is top level luxury dental care. And Finley Volvo Cars of Las Vegas. Safety first since 1927. All right, Kelly Cardenas podcast. Let's go. Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas podcast where attitude is everything. On today's show, I was reluctant because of where he went to high school, but um, this whole this this episode it means so much to me, and I've wanted to be able to spend time with this guy uh, because he's been an inspiration to me since I was a, a very young kid. Even though he was beating the brakes off me in every sport possible, um, he went to the rival high school. Uh, this guy's will to win, uh, his skill level, and his attitude has always been such an inspiration to me. Um, you know, he's got a chance to be able to uh, take things to a higher level and higher than I ever saw. Um, it's, it's incredible to be able to have on the show, Mr. Jared DeGeorgia. Well, I appreciate it, Kelly. Thanks for having me, man. I, I follow you all the time, and, and you talk about being an inspiration, man. I, I wake up and look at your, uh, your Wednesday wisdoms and your Saturday funnies and your Friday and everything, and yeah, you're, you're, you're somebody that I look up to, even though you're me, I think <laughs> a lot, a lot shorter than you, man. We don't have to even talk about that one, but I tell we come from a place and this is where we want to, I want to jump right into it is we come from a place that I believe is a hotbed, um, for so much rich, not, uh, when I say talent, it's not just talent in the sports aspect, but it's talent in the, uh, in the friendship aspect, in the, in the deep relationship part of it and the bond from this little place that we want to put on the map called Lompoc. And so Lompoc State of Mind, speak to that. We were just talking before we started recording about Lompoc State of Mind. Help me to understand what that means to you. You know, coming from Lompoc, it did it, you know, as, as we grew up, you're, you're from the one side of the track. I'm from the other side. And yeah, we kind of had our rivalries, this, that, and the other thing. But at the same time, as we grow older, we appreciate each other's grind. We appreciate each other's hustle. You know, I, I look at your brother and I, I'm, I'm mesmerized by the things he's doing. He was actually my idol growing up, number 14, Cabrillo High. You know, he was a great football player. Then you look at like the guys like Eric Strickland and the, the Kelly Cardenas, the Ryan Churches, you know, and everybody had each other's back. You know, I talked about this the other day on, on another show that we did about racism and things like that. And I know I don't know if we want to get into that. But growing up in Lompoc, we didn't know anything about that. You know, everybody had each other's back. My mom, my mom would whoop my friend's butt. My butt would get whooped by my friend's parents. You know, everybody would kind of join together in Lompoc. And that's what the, the bond is today. You know, we're all still friends. We're all still keeping in contact. And it's funny. I still keep in contact with one of my best friends, Jason Way, who I knew in first grade. And it's just like pick up like we were never, we never even lost each other. So it's awesome. Well, I, uh, people freak out on me because I still have my best friends in the world since like you were saying with Jason way. And I remember him, you're saying first grade, my, my buddy will big shout out to Will Simmons. I always shout him out on this big Willie D. Um, 
you know, since fourth grade, it's my best friend. And people freak, freak out. They're like, what? I don't even remember someone. But in Lompoc, this is commonplace. Um, it's commonplace. And when we talk about hotbeds, right? Danny Duffy won the World Series. Napoleon Kaufman, who was your tailback, uh, you know, runner up for the Heisman, uh, went to U, UW, Donald, uh, Donald Willis, and then went on to the league and played with the Raiders. Donald Willis went to UW and uh, played for the, uh, for the Chiefs. Um, we've got Eric Strickland, who played for the Mavs. He played against Jordan. He defended Jordan. Um, you've got uh, Robin Ventura came out of there. Mark Brunel came out of there. Um, you know, you played at a high level in college. You went into, you played in the Arena League. What do you think it is about Lompoc that, I mean, literally, it's a hotbed. And, I mean, I, I'm trying to put it on the map as much as possible. So big shout out to Lompoc, Central Coast. Woo, woo. It, it's just nuts. I mean, it, it is. It's, it's everybody kind of pushing the rock in the same direction. It didn't matter if you went to Lompoc, Cabrillo, Rigetti, wherever you went. We all, that Central Coast just had a, you know, almost like a, a, a little man's complex. Like, we're always trying to prove ourselves. You know, I'll tell you a funny story. When I first went to Iowa for the Barnstormers, I was probably in my mid-20s, 21, 22, 23, something like that. And we went and watched a triple-A game. And, and you guys remember this name if you're from Longport, Casey Candell. And I remember standing there, and Casey ran out. And all I did was yell, Longport. And he turned around and walked over, and we shook hands. And come to find out, his parents lived two houses down from me on 3rd Street back in the Polk. So, you know, you just yell out Lompoc and it gives you that warm, fuzzy feeling. And you know that we kind of grew up in the same. We talk about Harris Gray. We talk about Lookout Mountain. We talk about Cruise Nate Street and Ocean. You know, it, that was awesome. And only us there can understand what that really felt like. And the Flower Festival. Absolutely. The Flower Festival. I had my first kiss at the Flower Festival. Shout out to Tammy Duff. <laughs> <laughs> I told I told my wife when we got married, Jared, I was like, um, she she uh I said we're gonna go back to Lompoc and she's like, Long poke? And I said, No, Lompoc. And she right. she read it and everybody mispronounces it. It's not Lompoc. It is not right. Lompoc. But I told her we're going back to the flower festival. She said, What's the flower festival? I said, Oh, it's like Mardi Gras. And we showed up to Ryan Park and she was looking around. She's like, so where is it at? And I was like, it's right here. And she, she's, this is it. Yeah, this is it. This is, this is the Mardi Gras of uh, the central coast. That's, right. that's where it's jamming. So, take you know, it's funny. It, it's funny. Everybody from Lompoc, sorry to interrupt you, is that I was watching a TV show one time and I think it was The Neighborhood, one of my favorite shows. And they said Lompoc. And if you're from the Pope, you kind of, get that hair on the back of your neck like dude it's long poke get it right people always always trash like not trash it they just kill the name it's long poke it's long poke for life right that's what it is so that that long poke state of mind i i i had always admired you i had never got a chance to be able to tell you this but i had admired you from a very early age because you always played above your level like you you played and garnered respect at an age where I remember you playing and you were younger than some of the players, but you commanded the, the attention and the, you, you held on, you controlled the field. Like when you played football, um, it was, it was, it was amazing to watch, man. I was mad because you were a rival high school and I didn't want to, you can't, you can't go to a rival high school and be a fan 
of, but I was a fan of yours watching. Where did that attitude come from? And the fact of you being able to play above where your age level was? Well, you know, I, I know exactly when it started with my sophomore year, but just going back into like, you know, baseball and, and the Kim kids and the YFL, you know, there was always somebody that you were striving to be in Longpo. You know, Napoleon Kaufman, if you ask him, he was striving to be a Sheldon Canley. You know, there's always going to be somebody that's better than him. You know, my, my sophomore year when I took over for the quarterback position, you know, they hadn't had a sophomore quarterback since Casey Gandell in the early 70s. But I remember walking into that locker room, and the senior that just left, his name was Jason Griffey. He was an awesome, awesome football player. So I knew I had to step my game up. You know, I had a guy like Napoleon Kaufman, the Moose Mouths, Jason Grossini's, all these, all these seniors that, that just had this present walking into the locker room. And I was, you know, I was just kind of like, please don't let these guys down. You know, and, and a funny story was, and I'm not the fastest, fleetest foot guy in the world, Kelly. We all know that. And uh, we had a, we had an option or a stretch handoff play. And first day of practice, my seat, my sophomore year with Napoleon, it was a 48 stretch where I had to really get out there in that hole and give it to him. By the time I got out there, Napoleon was already to the second level with the linebacker, and I'm standing with the, the ball in my hand. So my coach Pacheco, I'll never forget, he goes, we're going to switch that to a pitch play because I don't think this kid can get there. That's, that's, that's God's honest truth. I think about that to this day that I couldn't get there, but my, my, my goal was to get there someday. And, and hopefully, you know, those, the little things that kind of make you drive is, is kind of the things that is a Lompoc state of mind. You know, we're the little kid. We're, we're, we're not Santa Barbara. We're not, you know, oh, you're by Santa Barbara. No, we're Lompoc. We're on the Central Coast, you know, and, and that's just kind of the, the, the attitude, the chip on the shoulder that you kind of always played with. Now, do you think, I mean, was that something instilled uh, in you from, you know, from your parents um, at an early age? I said something that kind of seemed to resonate with you earlier. I said, you know, uh, our, our coach, uh, shout out to Coach Barksdale and Coach Strickland uh, that were on Vandenberg Air Force Base. And they would say that it's not the size of the fight or not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog, because we were always undersized on Vandenberg. We were always undersized in Lompoc. We were always undersized as a, as a city. And we had to have that fight inside of us. You almost raised up on the couch. When I said that you were like, yeah, that's the Lompoc state of mind. Um, what was your, uh, you know, what was this something that your parents were instilling in you from an early age? Yeah, absolutely. You know, my, my parents, you know, I remember one time I, I got hurt and this is a funny story. Nobody knows about this. I was in second grade. I'll never forget this story. I was playing for the Lompoc Rebels and I, I faked an injury just because I was just a knucklehead and I faked an injury and the, the ambulance came out on the field and the whole nine yards. Well, that night all my cousins came over to my house and wanted to go bowling. And all of a sudden my knee is fine. My ankle's fine. I want to go bowling. And my mom and my dad sat me down and said, if you ever do that again, we're sick about you. It, it, my dad said, don't ever come off the field unless you're bleeding or you're dead. And I said, yes, sir. And I never, ever, never, ever once came off the field again. Later on that year, later on in my career, I had a cracked ankle in Santa Barbara City College. And I looked upstairs and my dad, he's walking around. I'll never forget. He's got this red big jacket walking back and forth on the stadium. And he's looking at me. And I, I know what he was thinking, like, you you made a commitment to this team. If you can't play, then you're going to let down 50-something guys. We ended up winning that game. It was probably one of the best games I've ever had. So talk about the difference between when you went from high school and, you know, you went from high school, you went into uh, JUCO, and then you moved on to uh, 
you know, you moved on to college and then you moved on to playing in the arena league. What was the jumps between? Because obviously, I mean, you know this. And when I say this, you're going to be like, no, no, it wasn't me. You were a hometown hero. Like you were that guy. You were that guy that all the guys like me were mad at because you were that guy. And so you were, you were handling your business, but then you, you know, a lot of times you're at the P or like the, the pinnacle, right. In in high school, then you go into a college situation and you're with all guys who are that pinnacle in their own right too. How was that transition right. for you? It was tough. You know, when I first, when I left Lompoc, we didn't, I mean, we didn't throw the ball all that much at Lompoc because we had great running backs, obviously Napoleon, we had Jerome Hunt, Tony Thompson. We had some, some really good players back then. My job was just to get it to them, but we, we threw the ball maybe 20 times a game. These high school kids now are throwing it 40 and 50 times a game. So I went, I chose Santa Barbara city college over Alan Hancock because Alan Hancock was obviously running the ball a lot more because they had all that, those running backs, those tailbacks in, in that central coast. Santa Barbara threw the heck out of the ball. You know, my first game, we threw the ball 50 times. It took me six, seven games at Lompoc to, to do that. So we threw, we threw the heck out of the ball. Um, and I wasn't prepared to start my freshman year. We had another quarterback that was pretty darn good, and, uh, but ended up getting hurt like two weeks prior to the season opener. And they said, all right, it's your show. And I'll be honest, I, I mentally wasn't prepared for it. And I remember those, those, that two-week crash course, getting in the film room, doing everything that, that I had to do just to, to not lose a football game and not let all these guys, because you're right. Everybody's an all league. Everybody's an all hometown hero when you get to the next level. So my job was just not, you know, my biggest fear in life is letting people down. And that's kind of why I live my life today. Was your pop a real strong disciplinarian? I mean, when, when he says like, you don't come off the field unless you're bleeding or what was the other one? Or dead. Or dead. That's what I was about to say. I was I was waiting for you to say it. But I mean, was your dad was your dad that strong, like, you know, hey, I'm gonna smack you upside the head, you need to pay attention kind of situation? Was that no, what it my, was? No, my dad never touched me. My dad just had a look that could make me cry in a minute. You know, and, and even as a senior in high school, he could look at me with that disappointment and I, I just knew I felt I mean he never laid a hand on me, but he was such a likable guy. And everybody, everybody in town in Lompoc, he worked at Toyota Lompoc, and then he was over at Sunset Auto Center. And I remember asking him one time, we were at Sunset Auto after he'd been at Toyota Lompoc for a long time. And I saw a lot of the same customers going over to Sunset and buying Chevrolet as opposed to Toyotas. And he said, they're not buying the vehicle, son. They're buying it from me. And that always stood in my head. You know, make a friend first, and then and you'll have a customer for life. And, and that's kind of how I live my life. So how has this, I mean, when you talk about friends from the, you know, you talk about those, that lesson from your pop, the relationship side, that's where we started. I want to stay in that. Um, Jason Way, friend since you're in first grade, how has the, how have these relationships, because there's a lot of people in business, right? As we get older, they're like, you could have the relationships. Let me get that money. Right. And we're in a society right now where everyone, especially online, is just trying to get money. They're trying to they're trying to fast friend you. Right. Yeah. How has the friendships that you built and that like learning from your dad, how has that helped you throughout your life as you've moved along? Well, I think I think coming from Lompoc where where none of us had really had anything. I mean, we actually had to be genuine. We actually had to care about people. 
Um, I wasn't trying to fast friend you because I didn't have nothing to fast friend you for. You know, I mean, I could offer you a 69 cent taco from Taco Bell. Or my first my first uh, job was Baskin Robbins until I got fired from there for giving out free ice cream. But that's all we had. We genuine. We cared about each other. We all tried to do the same thing. You know, and we all it was kind of one huge click, if you will. You know, it didn't matter if you're Cabrillo, Lampo. We all loved sports. We all loved each other. We all understood where we were coming from. And, and all of our parents kind of knew each other as well, even if you were from Cabrillo. My mom, all my mom's brothers went to Cabrillo. You know, I, I know Cabrillo's fight song. I don't know Lampo's fight song. That's what's crazy. I grew up with the Cabrillo fight song. So, you know, we all just cared about each other. And, and nowadays, it, it's like you said, fast friendly. You know, how can I make an impression enough to where you're going to like me? And people don't invest in those relationships anymore. And, you know, and right now, and, and when I hire and fire people, or when I, when, I, when I recruit for football, I'll take character over ability any day of the week because I can coach ability. I can't coach character. And that's kind of the, the way we live our life on the football field and in all of our restaurants that we have here in, in, in the Midwest. So when you're talking about that, you can, uh, you can coach ability, you can't coach character. What would be something that, you know, maybe a person that didn't grow up in Lompoc, I feel bad for you. Um, if you didn't yeah. grow up in, in Lompoc, there's only 35,000 uh, people in the town. Uh, maybe a few more since we got that second Taco Bell. Uh, but <laughs> for, for the people that didn't grow up with a dad that was, I mean, that was wisdom bomb. Like son, they're not buying cars. They're buying me. Right. What if they didn't grow up with that? They didn't grow up with a culture like uh, like a um, a Lompoc. What can they do now to start to build on that character? You know, and that's when you have to invest in your relationships. You really have to, you, you know, when we hire our managers for our restaurants. Uh, the first thing I'll ask them is, is about their family life and about their parents and about their wives or their spouses or their kids. You know, yes, you can probably do this job. But I want to know about you. I want to know when the chips are down, are you going to bounce or are you going to, are you going to run my restaurant to the fullest of your ability? And, you know, if, if we show our kids, I say kids because I'm an old man, we show our managers or our players, you know, that we care about them and they're not just somebody that we can just put into, you know, we're not just a revolving door that we're really going to invest in them. I think, I think they're going to see that finally and invest back. Now, a lot of people hold back because they've never had that before. It has been a revolving door, and, and you don't know their background, and maybe they have had some challenges in their life. But when, when they see where you're coming from, my phone is always – I tell my, everybody that I work with, all my players, you can call me day or night. I'll always answer my phone. If I don't, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. You know, and, and that holds true to me. And I tell them, if you do call me and I don't get back to you, then call me out on it. Because in reality and in business and in coaching, I work for you. My job is only going to be easy if your job, if you're doing your job correctly. So we have to let these kids know that we're working for them. Yes, I might be at the top of the food chain or the second to the food chain. My name might be on the bottom of the check, but that check doesn't mean anything without you. Let them know if there's flipping burgers at a Dairy Queen or they're running my steak restaurant, they're all the same. It doesn't matter when we step inside that door. It doesn't matter if you're the CEO or you're, you're a dish guy. We all got to push the rock in the same same direction to, to, to get to our final destination. So you, you've referred to it a couple of times, pushing the rock in the same yeah, direction, okay? which I love. Um, 
we have coaches in our lives that really, I mean, I remember things from coaches when I was in fourth grade, third grade, you know, either baseball, which I was awful at, um, football, which I played cause my brother was good. Um, and I'm still trying to figure out some JD that I'm good at. So, uh, I'm, 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 I'm searching. Tell us about some lessons that you learned from some coaches. Let's give some shout out to some coaches, uh, that were early on in your life that were instrumental. And then, um, also too, like, why is it so important for you to coach now? Well, I mean, you got to go back to even the YFL. I mean, in Lompoc, the YFL was it, you know, I don't, you, I don't know. You guys didn't play in the YFL because you had your own league. No, no, right? we played. I mean, Vanderburg, but but okay, you yeah. guys, you guys were. But I mean, Saturday you guys were the rich the kids. Breakfast. You guys Remember were the, the rich kids. Was that? Yeah. Remember the pancake breakfast? Well, you guys had pancake breakfast. You guys were rich. That's why. So Jared <laughs> said about the tracks earlier. He lived on the good side of the tracks where the, all the rich people in Lompoc were. We were in Vanderburg Air Force Base. So yeah. that's that's how we we did that. That's how we were rolling at the time. Yeah. So. But just just the little things. I mean, growing up in that whole mentality, the YFL. I remember my coach Danny Lara for the Kim Kids. He he was the guy that I absolutely hated. I hated him more than anything in the world because I didn't understand why every single day he was on my butt. And I'm like, I'm doing the best I can, and he, you know, always yelling, always screaming, making each other hit. And it was old school football back then, you know, bull in the ring, the Oklahoma drill, things you, you go to jail for now as a coach. You know, but that's how we grew up. And and to this day, now I respect him more than anything because I just realized he was just always trying to push me. And I tell my, I tell the same guys, hey, listen, if I'm not yelling at you or I'm not on you, yeah. then that's a problem. But if I'm on you, I see something in you. And, and you know, you talk about the Roger Projecos, who's my quarterback coach for Lombo. You know, he believed in me. He believed in a sophomore. He got flat for that because Jason Barthel was a pretty good quarterback who could have could have started as junior and senior year or senior year after Griffey left, but they went with a, a little chunky, you know, kid from Lompoc named Jared to Georgia who couldn't run nothing, but could throw a little bit. And, and uh, they let me, they let me have the reins for it. And Dick Barrett was great. Robin Lucan. I mean, guys that just really invested in the community knew that, knew that their door was always open. As a matter of fact, I stole this from Justin Timberlake from uh from one of the movies, I took my door off of my office at my at my uh, corporate office, so my door is always open. Now, sometimes I wish it was shut, but I made that right, and and that's that's the way it is. And they're always in there, and they're yapping, and this, that, and the other thing. But you know, there was never somebody you couldn't call on one That was the best thing. I could call any of my coaches. I still talk to my college coach. Still talk to my arena coach to this day. You know, and I'm always trying to get more information on them because I want to be the best I can be. And talk to me about coaching too, because like you're coaching now. And I, I remember calling you, um, cause my, my son, my son was, uh, my son was playing, uh, football and, um, you know, he's playing quarterback and it was amazing because you just gave him three words. I mean, and I actually, I stole them. I stole them from you. <laughs> I didn't steal. Yeah. I didn't steal it because I gave you credit in it. But I went to a multi. I mean, I went to a company and they they hired me in. It's a company that does seven hundred seven over seven hundred seventy five million dollars a year, right? And I went in with your three words, and 
really changed. And it's funny because it's a, a company called Sport Clips, which is a phenomenal company. But I was able to use Coach Jared's advice to my son, give him those three, explain those, but then tell us also why coaching is so important to you and why you continued on that legacy. Well, first and foremost, coaching is something that I feel like I, I, I have two young boys that, that love the game. Um, but at the same time, I'm not that dad. I coach football and that's it. I'm not the dad that's going to coach t-ball and basketball. And I want my kids to learn from other coaches and not, not be that guy like, well, my dad knows everything. But, you know, the three words that we, that we live by here is alignment, assignment, and execution. And you can use that in your world. You can use that in your in your football world, but you know you, you got to know what you're doing. You got to line the exact same way. You got to set up your your dress, your, your you know your salon each each day, every single day. You got to give the guest experience the same each and every time. You got to know your assignment. Obviously, you got to make them feel comfortable. You got you got to put them in the right position to to succeed. And then execution. That's all about you. It's all about knowing what you're supposed to do, being prepared at all times. And, and, and running the play or running your shift to the best of your ability. And it's kind of, I've kind of lucked out because in my role as a coach and as my role as a restaurant, as a restaurant entrepreneur, I guess if you call it, it's the same thing. You know, it's, you're dealing with the same kind of people. And, and when it comes to your daily life, you know, football is repetition. Restaurants is repetition. You know, you have to understand what the guest experience is. We talk about through the eyes of a guest a lot in, in, my, uh, in my place of work. And what that means is, and you could probably use this in your salons, is that if you walk in each and every day, if I'm working there, and you see, you see ketchup on a table, and you say, I'll get it tomorrow, I'll get it tomorrow, I'll get it tomorrow, soon that's, you're not even going to see that anymore. Mm. But you have that guest experience that walks into your restaurant one time, and they see it right away. So sometimes late at night, I'll, I'll show up, I'll do a spot. And I'll say, everybody take off, off everybody grab something to drink. And we're going to walk the restaurant through the eyes of a guest. And, and, and it really opens people's eyes up to what you're seeing. I want you, to, I want you to come to my restaurant. I want your parents to come to my restaurant. And I want you to be proud of where you work. I want to coach your son and be proud of, of what he's doing on and off the field. You know, everybody's a good football player. But what are you doing when nobody's looking? What's your integrity like? Everybody, everybody thinks, oh, nobody's slipping through the, tra- the, the cracks anymore, Kelly. You know, so now it's all about you working hard and you busting your butt and you're doing everything right and, and your time will come. So when you're coaching too, right? So, uh, and I, I love this because when you're talking about it, like transcending, transcending uh, like football to, uh, to life or, you know, in your relationships, when you're talking about uh, alignment, assignment, execution. If you think about that, even in relationships, like alignment to understand and know where you're, you know, that you're aligned in the right place. Assignment to understand and know what you're, what you set out to do. And then finally, which is the part that most people never get to is execution or they get to execution and they're not aligned and they're not, they don't understand their assignment. Does that make sense? So I just, absolutely. I love, I love that part of it, of what, what you're talking about. Now, um, being at the, you know, performing at the level that you have, having the type of uh, resolve and perseverance, when you go into parenting, right, what lessons have your boys taught you? 
as you've gone, because a lot of times, you know, when we're growing up and we got that bravado, we're like, when I raise my kids, they're going to be soldiers. I got this. Right. I'm going to show them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, right. I, I passed for this many yards. I was able to do this. I was able to do that. My boys, I'm going to show them. And then bang, parenthood happens. Right. Speak to it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, I have three wonderful children, but are three totally different people. My daughter's the oldest and, you know, I don't know if I'll ever understand her. I love her and I just try to be there for her. And, uh, she challenged me every single day at 14 years old, Kelly, you can drive. So we just bought her a car. What? Yeah. What? 14. Yes. 14. Yeah. She wanted, she wanted to say, I bought her a Ford Focus. I said, you're not getting no Hummer. You're not getting no, you're getting a Ford Focus. Cause I drove a 76 Jeep when I was 16. That's what you're going to get. You're going to understand the Lompoc state of mind. You know? <laughs> so, so she's, she goes to, yes. So it's going to be fun. My, my middle child, Jace, you know, he is my rebel. He is my BMX. He loves sports, but he's kind of getting away from sport. He's, he's challenged me on everything. Um, he's sneaky as all get up, and he plays that middle child role to a T. You know, um, you know but he, he's, he's a rebel, and I like that. He blazes his own trail. You know, he came to me the other day and said, Dad, I want a perm. I said, what, a perm? He goes, yeah, everybody's doing I want a perm. I got him a perm and, you know, he looks ridiculous, but he loves it. And his boys have it. He's out there on his bike, you know, with his bands. And he's not a shoe. He's not a sneakerhead like my, my, my smallest son, because I'm a sneakerhead. And my son goes, Dad, can I get the new Jordan 11s? Can I get this? No, you can't. You can earn it, but you can't do it. You know, I'm not going to ask it out to you. And then my youngest son is me. I mean, I feel sorry for the kid, but he, he's a spitting image. He, you can ask him anything about sports or school or anything in the world. And he can tell you who was on the 96 Bulls. He can tell you who was on the 86 Lakers. And I love that about him. But uh, he, he's fun. He's very fun. So when you're, when you're talking about the, the rebel part of it, and the, you know, with, with your, especially with your daughter, um, what has your daughter, like what lessons has your daughter taught you? Because I've got an 11-year-old. And my they daughter, should. oh, gosh, yes. She's got TikTok game, too. Oh, my, my daughter's got mad TikTok game. And I, I monitor that TikTok because, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, sir. <laughs> You're going to delete that one right there. <laughs> she's fun. I mean, she's a good kid. She's just, she's getting into her, her womanly thing. You know, she's 14 and uh, she, she's fun. It's just, it's a different type of fun. You know what she really took up this summer, which is awesome because both my boys hate it, is fishing. She wakes me up every Saturday morning at 6 o'clock, Dad, we'll go down to the lake and fish. I'm like, yeah. But then later on that night, she'll go, can I go get a pedicure? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, two totally different women, but I love it. You know what I mean? So she blazes her own trail in that, that aspect because she doesn't follow the rules when it comes to, you know, the stereotypical. And where we live is a country club setting and all that stuff. But she, she's got a Lompoc state of mind. She earns everything she wants, you know, and, and that's kind of how we raised her is that you want to go out and mow the yard, go out and pick weeds, go out and do this, do that, and the other thing. When all our other friends just kind of like, you know, do this, like I dream a genie and they get it, you know what I mean? So um, it's, it's good in that aspect. 
How has that been able to be for you? Because I think with all of us coming from Lompoc and coming from our, our beginnings that we did, we all would, uh, not that we would consciously say it to each other, but it was kind of like, hey, I'm going to go do something and then my kids aren't going to have to go through this stuff. But now I realize that us going through the stuff, riding bikes to where we were, not having enough, you know, having 29 cent hamburgers at Burger King, um, yeah. have, uh, 69 cent tacos, as you talked about, um, you know, things like this. I remember AM PM and getting two right. hamburgers, two hamburgers at AM PM for 99 cents and putting relish on it and putting like mustard and mayo and all the stuff, nastiness. And it was like the best meal in the world. How are you able to keep them in touch? Because it's not like yours. I mean, our parents said no, because they couldn't. You're having to say no because you think it's the right thing to do and raise your kids right. What are some techniques Absolutely. and methods that you're utilizing to help them to understand that life isn't going to be handed to you? Well, you know, luckily for me, fortunately for me, you know, we do have restaurants and I've had my, my kids go down there after a close and, and mop floors and wipe tables. And I've had them work shifts because in the state of South Dakota, they even though they're not 14, well, my daughter is, but this was years ago, they... If, if they're working for a parent, they can work in your restaurant. So I'd have them run tables. I'd have them run pizzas. I'd have them run chicken or whatever and let them understand that, you know, and I, and I would tell them minimum wage here in South Dakota is seven twenty five. You work three hours. You made 22 bucks right now. And you want to go buy a hundred pair, hundred dollar pair of shoes. You're going to be working for a little bit. So that's kind of been a great balance for us. Now, what's, uh, you know, what are the things, because, I mean, you've accomplished great things. I mean, and I'm not just talking about the the aspect of, you know, hey, in business, because you've done phenomenal in business. You, you, you know, you got to uh, play in the arena league. You got to do some great things. What are the things on the horizon that you're looking at and saying? Because you've always been a person who has pushed as you as you've moved and not to say that you haven't been content in it you've been present but what are those things that you're kind of working on now that you're saying like oh, i'd like to be able to do this part of it you know as we mentioned prior to uh, the show today you know i was i own some uh, pizza ranches and they're a big chain here in the midwest and you know i was out there shooting my own my own commercials and the goofy hats and all nine yards but I was working my life. I was working, you know, 10 in the morning till 11 o'clock at night. And I just didn't, I didn't like that. So I sold all my, I got in with another gentleman that owns six or 15 Dairy Queens, Cheros, which is kind of like a Chipotle and then a steakhouse. But on top of that, he owns five daycares. We own a construction company. We own a, we own a, a nursery for, you know, plants and things like that. And where he made his money was his, his uh, lawn service business. So I oversee all these businesses and it's great because not, not one day is the same. I could be in a nursery one day. I could be holding a baby the next day. I could be flipping burgers at a Dairy Queen. And I mean, and it's fun because I'm nine to five every day. I go in at nighttime, just do spot checks and things like that. But you know, your priorities change because my daughter's already 14 years old, dude. And I can't believe it. And I'm like, am I going to work the rest of my life and not see her grow up and go to her games? And, you know, the money, the money is, is, is great. I love money, but you can't die with it. And I want to die with memories. And that's kind of where I'm at right now in my life is that I'll give up an extra hundred grand here and there 
as long as I can be at all my kids' games. I can be in my daughter's volleyball tournaments. I can go fishing at six in the morning with sleep in my eyes. You know, no fish, no fish smell. That's my thing. When we don't fish, I love it. No fish, no fish smell, baby. Now <laughs> you can go right back to bed. <laughs> but uh, that, that's the things that, that I'm really concentrating on right now is just family time and enjoying them while they're here because, man, they're going to be in college. They're going to be gone. They're going to be making their own memories. And I'm going to be saying, why did I do this? And uh, the guy that I work for now that we're kind of partners with, he did that. And, he, and we sit and we have long conversations and we pray about it. And he, he admits he's got eight kids. Mm-hmm. He's got five regular, five biologicals and three adopted kids. And he wasn't there. He wasn't there to see them grow. And he regrets that every single day. And, uh, and that's, that's something that I, 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 I stole that from him. You know, I'm, I'm not embarrassed to say, I, 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 want, I don't want that. I don't want to be like you in that aspect. And, and he agrees with that. And and, uh, and that's kind of where we're at right now is that, you know, I'm home right now at, what, 1230 in the afternoon. Might go play some golf and uh, and just enjoy my buddy here. And life is great. That's amazing, man. So what do you think? I mean, when we're on the subject of that, I mean, as far as being a father, like what what importance? Because I see, um, you know, I see so much. um in today's society. And, and I, I'm a simplistic guy. And so I see so much in today's society. I see so many challenges that happen and I work with young kids. I work with kids that uh, start with me when they're 18, 19 years old. And a lot of times we're working on foundational stuff before we ever get to the technical side. So there's been very few that have come in with such a, a phenomenal foundation that we were able to just work on the technical. And I can tell you this, Jared, in our business, I can teach a monkey in 40 hours to do what I do technically, mm-hmm. right? I mean, literally, like if you get, and I'm not saying you're a monkey. I'm saying you, if you're not in the professional beauty industry, I could teach you how to cut hair, color hair, highlight hair in 40 hours, just eight hours a day for five days. If you were completely focused and we didn't have to deal with a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, a, uh, you know, your dad not hugging you or your uncle being mean to you or your mom, all these things. If I didn't have to deal with that, I just deal with the technical side. How, how important do you think the family unit is in today's society and especially, I mean, even more targeted, the father part of it in today's society with the kids growing up now? It has to be infectious. I mean, that's, that's, that's the word I use. You know, I, I, I like to go to these places, to these restaurants and, and, and bring my family, bring my kids. My mother now lived here, bring my mom and, and make it one, make it, you know, I hate, I hate to keep using stealing your line, make it a long folks state of mind. Everybody's involved in this, you know, I want, I want my general managers and all my stores to know who my mother is. I want my general managers to know who my kids are. I want to know who their, their husbands and wives are. I want to shake their hands and tell them I appreciate what, what their spouses are doing for our relationship, you know, our, our businesses. And, and I, you have to give back. You have to make it cool to be a family person. You know, we grew up and everybody wants to be hard and this, that, and the other thing. But that's not what life's about, dude. I mean, it's about being humble understanding where you came from, understanding relationships and, and, and stepping back sometimes and go, I'm going to let you take the limelight here and you do your thing because it's all going to make us a lot better. And, and I, I love the fact that I live in a small town here in Sioux city, Iowa, you know, I live in the South Dakota side, but 
and, and it, it's similar to Lampo. You know, you go to you go to the you know you go to the grocery store. I was going to say Lucky's, but we don't have a Lucky's here. You know, we have a high V. But you know, you, you can't go. It looks like in Lampo, you can't go looking all all messed up because you're going to see a hundred people. So you know, here you, you're waving, you're shaking hands, and you're kissing babies, and just like in Lampo, you know. So it, it's it's kind of the same kind of small town feel. One of my best friends who owns our, our football team is our mayor. And, and that's another thing, you know, I never wanted, I never want to do anything that's going to tarnish his name. And, and he knows that. And we make that loud and clear at our, our first nights with the bandits when we're bringing all the players. In orientation with our bandit players, it's a seven hour ordeal. And they're not even on the field. It's, it's in the classroom talking about all the rules and regulations and what it means to be a bandit. And everybody wants to be a bandit, but nobody wants to do what a bandit does. You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and it's fun, you know, and it's, it's establishing a culture. And that's what we're trying to do here. How, how do you establish a culture? Like, like well, give us some, you know, I called you that day before my, uh, my son was playing. And I said, yo, I mean, Jared, can you give Maddox? And at the time, I think Maddox was seven. And I said, can you give him some advice? You said, I mean, and literally, you didn't even pause you were like Maddox. You started talking to him. He was in the car. He's like Maddox, alignment, assignment, execution. How do you build a culture? How do you build a successful culture? Because what you're talking about, right, is, you know, is long term. It's not, a, again, a fast friend. It's not a fix. I had one woman walking with me one time and she was, she was like, hey, I got all these challenges. She's like, uh, how do I fix them? And I said, well, first of all, <laughs> Um, we've got to talk about some stuff. And she said, well, what do we need to talk about? And I said, well, we need to talk about, and uh, I broke it down into four things. Number one, personal, professional, spiritual, financial. And she's like, no, 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 that's not the question I asked you. I asked you how to fix my problems. And I said, well, most of your problems stem from those four things. And unless we build a foundation on those four things. And she was like, that, but that's not what I'm asking. I said, well, it's going to take time. And she said, I don't have time. I just need to fix these problems because these problems keep messing everything up. People seem to have the same thought process when, it's, when they're talking about culture because they do not lock culture to the bottom line. They look at culture as a touchy-feely, oh, you're trying to kumbaya me, but I'm trying to make money. Speak to that. It, it's about relationships, and it's about, you know, and I'll talk about pushing the rock. We, we always push the rock uphill. The hill's never going to stop. People want people want to be on the top of the hill and just let the rock go and everything. They want a quick fix. They want they want to they want to go to Montel Williams and and have that have that money laundering money thing. Bam, all my problems are over with. But they don't realize it's twenty two percent that you're bringing back in. You know that everything is is fast nowadays. You have to build things. My my coach, my head coach for the Bandits, he was my center for Wayne State, and then all ten years for the Bandits. I've touched his ass more than his wife, and I love him for that. And we build the same culture in, in doing this. I mean, we believe in the same things. It doesn't happen overnight. It, I mean, my, our DC, our defensive coordinator, has been with us for 16 years. Irvin, I've been together 25. You know, our, our mayor who owns the team, I've been with him for 21. They, they have to understand that things don't happen overnight. There has to be a, a, a give and take. There has to be trust. You have to earn earn the right to wear the black and red or the blue and white or the blue and gold. 
So what about, uh, what about as far as mentors in your life? Cause I mean, you're a, you're a huge inspiration to me. Like I, I, again, I called you when I needed that. Um, you've lifted me up in those times. Um, where do you draw from? Because a lot of times people who are pouring out into others, as far as the way that you're coaching, the way that, uh, you know, you're helping to build a culture in the businesses, where are you, who are your mentors and who are people along the way that have been really instrumental in what it is that you're doing? You know, obviously, obviously we want to talk about our owner for the bandits. He's the mayor. He owns about 50,000 things here in Sioux city. Um, but you know, what's funny. One thing that I do, and it kind of makes people crazy is I always carry a notepad and a pen and whoever I'm talking to, if I'm, if I'm, even if I'm in a, a business meeting where I conduct the meeting, bingo, exactly. You know, you're writing down notes and you, you and, and I don't mind saying, Hey, I'm going to steal that from you. I'm going to use that in my everyday life. I'm going to take this back to my team. I'm going to take this back to this player. And, and, you know, we, we all have every a thousand things going on in here. So if you can write it down, revert back to it later on. And, and, you know, I, I talked to John Gregory still hall of fame coach in the CFL. Who was my, who was my Iowa Barnstormer coach? You know, funny story about this, Kelly. And I think you'll laugh about this in 1996, when I left Wayne state to go to the Iowa Barnstormers, they, they asked me to leave college early because they were going to go over to Paris, France for two months and, and play arena football and try to get arena football going on over there. I said, okay, I'll do it. My dad said, do it. When, when's the next time you get a chance to go to Paris? But promise me you'll, you'll go back and graduate, which I did in 2005. No, I'm not a doctor. Um, so I get, I get over to Paris in first two games and throwing touchdowns. I called my mom and dad. I said, listen, I think I found a place to play. They're going to pay me maybe a thousand bucks a week, but I, I, I can get more film. I can get, get to the NFL, hopefully. They got some guy named Kurt Warner. I never heard of him, blah, blah, blah. Kurt Warner comes the next two weeks, throws a 1,000 touchdowns. I called my mom and dad and said, yeah, this dude's pretty good. I don't think I'm going to start this year, but I'm going to learn a lot from him. So, <laughs> and, and, and that the story, Kurt and I lived together for two years, way before Brenda. He's got a daughter named Sienna Ray at 14. I've got a daughter named Sienna Ray at 14. And, uh, you know, we, we constantly are pushing each other. And one thing Kurt always said to me is we were playing golf one time and, and he said, I was nervous because he was hurt and I was going to get my first start. And he goes, they, they're not that good or they wouldn't be in this league. And I said, wow, that's kind of disrespectful because we're in this league. He goes, no, we're in this league trying to make our life better. A lot of these guys are just in here procrastinating their life. And I said, wow, that's too different limelights you know you got one guy just procrastinating his life who's going to play for a couple three years go back and and do nothing or you got people like Kurt and myself Fred Jackson who played with me for a long time who's a Buffalo Bills you know guys that are trying to get better each and every day and that's what we try to do now I've retired I'm not playing football anymore but you still you got to keep that same mentality and get better each and every day whether it be in your business world whether it be in your, your family world with your children, you know, being involved, going to the PTAs, doing the things that you don't want to do, you know, missing a golf league because you don't want it. You know, you doing the things that your kids are going to say, wow, my dad was present. And if we can be present in our kids' lives, in our, in our business lives, and in our football lives, just be present, it, it goes a long way. What are some of the misconceptions about high-level sports? Uh, everything was given to them, you know, um, 
you know, I'll, 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 for, I'll never forget when I played that first game in arena football, we had a guy named Leonard Conley who played for the University of Miami, played when they were good in the 90s, when they played Napoleon and all that stuff. And Leonard Conley was a nutbag. I love him to death, but he's a nutbag. And I never realized it was professional sports until that day when he said, we're losing by like 14 or something. He said, throw me the ball. I need two more catches to hit my bonus. And I thought, wow, how selfish are you? You know, you're worried about your own bonus. But I'm trying to win a football game. And, and, and I, as you learn, that goes along. I mean, the, I, I hate incentive contracts. I hate them. I, I like, like the win bonus. I like the incentive to win or lose. But I don't like if you throw for 300. I don't like if you run for 100. I don't like if you score for four touchdowns because that makes you a selfish football player, makes you a selfish person, and you're only worried about yourself in the end of the end of the day. And I hate it. So it seems like you've been able to take the team aspect and exactly what you were just talking about, that individual side. You've been able to almost – you gravitate towards everything. Everything that we've been talking about today has been connected to team has been connected to pushing the, uh, you know, all pushing the rock in the same direction, um, working together as a unit. Um, what is the pain points in working together as a unit? Because there's the, there's the side of like, uh, I just got a chance to talk to a guy who you're going to love. His name is, uh, Jay Collins. Um, he should come and speak to your organization at some point, or even to your football team. He's a green beret, uh, two purple hearts. Um, his first purple heart, he got shot in the arm, performed surgery on himself. Then, and then went back into active duty and then got uh, hit again. Later on, gets his leg amputated. When he gets his leg amputated, he says, I'm not going inactive. I want to stay active. And then he recertifies as a Green Beret with only one leg. Right. Um, so when I was talking to him, what he said was, and I didn't know this, sequoias, sequoia trees don't have deep roots. Hmm. They only have roots that go sometimes only 10 feet into the ground to hold up these hundred foot trees, these huge thousands and thousands of pounds. And he said, you want to know why, Kelly? Because the roots spread out and linked to each other. And the only thing holding them up is the other sequoias that are around them. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was yeah. like, mind blown, man. I, I've just felt bad about myself because I got to hang with him. But in saying that, talk to the pain point parts because there are people in this society. There's people listening right now. They're like, yeah, you're talking about team, but that's having to make a lot of people work together. And I just need to do it on my own. So let's talk about the advantages and disadvantages of working in a team. Well, I think, I think the advantages obviously is, is, you know, you hear the old saying, you know, two brains are better than one or six brains are better than one. But in saying that you have to be humble enough to, to actually listen to other people's feelings other people's ideas you know when, in, in our roles we're all kind of alpha males and we all kind of you know deep down go this my way's right my way's right but if you if you really sit down and really hear them what they're talking about and 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 maybe try to incorporate a little bit of what they're saying into what you're saying it's kind of like uh it's kind of like play-doh you got you got red you got green you got blue you know let's put it all together and roll it together and just make one strong ball and, and that's the advantage of teamwork. Now, the distance is the trust factor. 
the people that you don't know are always there that are for the right reasons. Are they, are they there just to build a resume? Are they there just to be, to get to the NFL? Are they there for the teamwork? You know, so deciphering through what people's true, uh, what their true feelings for you and your company or your team is the hard part, you know, and that's why we go back to character over ability. We say that all the time in our restaurant world and our football world, you know, I can teach ability, but I can't teach you character. You know, I want to know about your parents. When, when you make my football team, my first phone call, your parents, how is he? You know, he, congratulations. You made the football team. Cause I'll be honest with you in, in my early years as a head coach, I got burned. You know, my first cut ever was a guy by the name of Terrell Givens played for the New England Patriots. Then he, then he kind of bounced around the arena league. And I remember cutting him my first cut I ever did in 2007. And he gave me this long song and dance about his mom's on drugs. His dad's nowhere to be found, blah, blah, blah. He's got nowhere to go. And I said, okay, Bob, my, the mayor, my head coach or my, my owner, he said, you're such a silly son of a gun. He played you just right. So then come to find out his mom's a lawyer. His dad was a doctor. He was, he was just a bad apple. And, and ever since then, I just was like, wow, this kid cried in my office. I fell for everything. So now you kind of do your homework a little bit more. You invest a little bit more. You dig, you dig a little deeper into each person. Yeah, I know. The restaurant industry is 100% turnover. Yes, you're going to have to train each and every day because it's always going to be somebody new. But when you find that team, work your way out of a job. And that's all I'm trying to do now. Work my way out of a job, baby. That's incredible. Well, the whole reason, honestly, Jared, the reason why I started the podcast is for my kids. And I wanted to humanize people like yourself, iconic people in my life and in iconic people in so many's life, so many people's lives. Um, I wanted to humanize them. I wanted you to like you as the listeners for you guys to be able to see that, you know, a person who accomplishes what uh, Jared accomplishes and not only the accomplishments, but the person that he is comes from hard work and a great attitude. Um, I think it comes from the fact of growing up in Lompoc too. Um, but I did this for them. So Maddox and McKenna, 11 and eight, what would your message be to them? And if you could say both their names and look into the camera and give them a message from uncle Jared. Maddox and McKenna, always listen to your mom and dad, push, push the rock always together, love each other. And like we say in the Georgia household, ELE. I get off the phone with my kids every single day and say ELE. I don't say I love you. We say ELE. And that means everybody love everybody. Doesn't matter where you come from. As long as you stay together, you're going to be just all right. Oh, I appreciate you, man. I want to have a part two. I'd like to be able to, I want to have you either here in San Diego or, or to be able to come out and experience what you're calling the Lompoc in the Midwest. Um, you know, right. and, and be able to experience that I think would be absolutely phenomenal. But I mean, it's a, it's a pleasure, man. And to be able to hear your perspective on leadership, your perspective on team, um, your perspective on, on how to be able to build a culture and look at things in the long haul. Um, it's just so refreshing, man. And that, that type of leadership skill is phenomenal. I didn't say it at the first, but on Instagram is just JD number 12, uh, the number 12. So just JD, uh, 12. And then on, um, on Facebook, it's JD. Am I correct? That's right. Yeah. And then, uh, so are you, do you have TikTok game? 
Um, I have TikTok just to be an inspector gadget. No, okay. I don't have a lot of TikTok. Babe. Well, no. then you need to follow guys. You need to follow Jared to Georgia. What is the TikTok handle? I have no idea. My daughter set it up. I, I, I really don't know. You don't know? TikTok. TikTok. Um, how do I find out? I don't even know. My daughter, I'm, I'm hiring my daughter. Oh, JD1212. JD1212 on TikTok. So you need, to, you need to help him with some TikTok game. Um, I got no game. Yes, you got game, man. F- final, final thought or message that you want to send out to our listeners, Jared? Never give up, man. Never give up and always believe in the guy next to you, even though when things are down. Never, ever, ever give up. Jimmy Valvano said that a long time ago. Don't ever give up. And I say the same thing, you know. Life is wonderful, and it's as wonderful as you're going to make it. There's going to be bad days. But as long as those, most of those bad days can turn into good days, you can find one positive thing in your life each and every day and build on that and not build on the negativity. Wow. It's all about reaction in life, not action. Jared, you're, you're, you're the man. Uh, so reach out to this guy. Uh, you know, Shout out to Pioneer Chicken. What, which one is it? Pioneer Chicken. Remember Lompoc Pioneer oh, Chicken on the Yes, Pioneer <laughs> Chicken. Yes. Yes. You said Baskin Robbins earlier. Shout out to Alfie's. <laughs> yeah, and Labote. Labote was Labote high class, Labote. though. Hey, Francesca. Ma. Yes, that, that was high class. I didn't get a chance to eat it, Labote, until I was, I mean, just a year or two ago. Because we couldn't afford it, man. Like, I mean, that was, that yeah. was so high class. That's, that's jamming. So, but I thank you so much, JD. You're, you're incredible, man. Uh, I don't know if I can continue to call you JD. I call you Jared. Um, I appreciate you. I appreciate the man that you are, the, uh, the, the father that you are, um, and the leader man and the coach. And I'll continue to uh, draw on that. Um, now's the time guys, where you click the links, you subscribe, you do all the things that you need to do. And honestly, like all of our sponsors, make sure that you, that you follow them that you patronize what they do and that's the shameless plug so uh, Jared you're off the hot seat thank you so much uh, for today thank you for listening to the Kelly Cardenas podcast we appreciate you this is the 15 seconds where you're going to be uncomfortable again Jared